Welcome to Healing with David, a space where we lead with the heart, lean into the science, and dig into our soul to address the root causes of our physical, emotional, and spiritual imbalances. But we don't stop there. We go into the inner work, struggles, and shared experiences of walking this path towards our best self because, let's face it, it can get tough. I'm your host, David Delgado, integrative health practitioner and fellow traveler with you on this journey towards optimal health and wholeness. Let's begin. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back. Hope everyone is doing well. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about something that is near and dear to me, which is fasting. And I know that there's been a lot of talk of intermittent fasting. And chances are, if you're listening to this podcast or you're in the holistic health or natural health-based field, you've undoubtedly not only heard of intermittent fasting or fasting in general, but have actually implemented it into your own routine. So in today's episode, we're not really going to talk about intermittent fasting specifically. We're going to talk about fasting as a whole. And specifically, what we're going to talk about is, first of all, why you should have a fasting practice to begin with, because a lot of times people aren't making this clear. Secondly, what's wrong with just following the herd and doing a typical 16-8? So we're going to be going into why you should not be doing that. And then also, what are the alternatives? How to bio-individualize your fasting protocol in a way that is specific to you. Additionally, we're going to go into the three types of fast that you should be doing on a regular basis. So namely, that's going to be your daily fast, which of, of course is going to be your foundational fast. Then a what I like to call the one-day reset, which is something you can do every couple of weeks whenever you come back home from vacation or anytime you've been maybe overindulging or just deviating from your routine a little bit. That's going to be very, very helpful. It's something that I personally do every couple of weeks to just reset my body all the time. And then the last one is going to be a longer fast, so more of like a two-day fast. That's usually in conjunction with a seven-day functional medicine detox. I'm going to go into the whys, the hows. So almost all of us have heard of fasting and with, and rightfully so. So fasting is really the closest thing that we have to the fountain of youth. And it really helps us with inflammation, with oxidative stress, with neurodegeneration, aging, so much more. Improves your sleep, your heart rate variability, and a number of other factors. So like, why would we have a fasting practice to begin with? And the main reason you want to have a fasting practice is for this thing called autophagy. And you could think of it simply as cellular repair. And there's a lot of benefits, like just like the ones I named earlier. But really, in short, you're giving your body a break from digesting food so that it can engage in cellular repair. So it's repairing whether they're whether it be reversing an actual dis-ease or just accumulated inflammation in the body. It could be addressing kind of diet-resistant fat or weight gain as well. So that could, that could be another, other, another aspect. And, and actually, fasting has even been proven to kill cancer cells. And this is from the work of Yoshinori Orsumi, so that he won the Nobel Prize in 2016 for his research on autophagy. It's really fascinating work. I highly recommend that you check it out. So when it comes to fasting, it, I really want to talk about the foundational principle because a lot of it tends to be all about the hype of fasting, but this has been around in naturopathic modalities for hundreds and even thousands of years sometimes. And it's the principle, the subtractive principle or the subtractive method. This is particularly highlighted in Ayurveda, but it also exists in traditional Chinese medicine um, and in other 
naturopathic traditions. And what this says is that basically the body needs to remove in order to heal, that you need to subtract. And in today's day and age in particular, where we have problems of overabundance, things like obesity, diabetes, um, basically living sedentary lifestyles where we're not active enough, we aren't moving our body, we have an overabundance. So fasting in many ways is kind of a remedy for the epidemics of overabundance that we currently have. And it's a cornerstone of each of these traditions. And that's why I recommend that everybody has some degree of a fasting practice. And what I mean by everybody, I'm referring to all adults. I'm not saying that children or even teenagers shouldn't necessarily be doing this. And so now Ayurvedic medicine has been doing this for a long time. And now the uh, science is finally catching up. So let's go into the first section here, which is the foundation, your daily fast. And specifically, before we get into the actual um, number of hours that you should be fasting on a regular basis, I want to highlight a couple tips that apply to all people that are engaging in intermittent fasting of any kind. So the first one is the more hours before bed you start your fast, the more beneficial it is. So what I mean by this is that most people, when they are doing intermittent fasting, they are typically following a 16-8 which means that they are basically fasting for 16 hours and then they have an eating window typically between 12 and 8 p.m., which means that most people are going to be skipping breakfast. And I understand why people might do that. It does maybe feel good initially to get the rush of caffeine and if you have some digestive-based issues, you aren't loading your body with any carbs and you could feel very clear-headed. It could just feel really good to do that. But in the long term, that is, going to be detrimental for many people. And I'm going to discuss exactly why that is. But long story short, you want to, if anything, you want to skip dinner. So the more hours before bed that you start your fast, the more beneficial it is. The reason for this is because overnight, we are typically engaging in all sorts of repair and detoxification that is simply not happening during the morning hours. So when your body doesn't have to worry about digesting food, it can start to actually engage in these more important activities earlier in the evening. Next up is, I said, skipping dinner or having an early dinner is a better option. And then the next principle is going to be breaking your fast as soon as your day ramps up. So many people, many clients, but also people that I know, when they engage in intermittent fasting, they are typically waking up, having coffee on an empty stomach, even if it's black coffee, and then they are going about their day. The problem with this is that when you are introducing stressors, whether they be work stressors or family stressors, could be preparing the kids for school or just getting to your job or a recurring meeting you have with your boss, you are typically inviting stress hormones into your body. When you have coffee on an empty stomach, you are spiking your heart rate, which then spikes your blood sugar. So you aren't even necessarily in a fasted state anymore. And then you're spiking cortisol. So this has a cascade effect over time where your body feels fundamentally unsafe. This emphasizes that if you started your fast earlier, you could also break it earlier, meaning you could break it in the mid-morning before your day really ramps up. So that's kind of my, my spiel there. This applies for everyone. That's a kind of a foundational principle for all of us to remember. So I'm going to break, it, break up the daily fast into two main camps. The first camp is going to be the vata or the ectomorphic body type. So if you do want to know your dosha or your Ayurvedic mind body type, 
I recommend using the Chopra quiz. You can just type into Google Chopra dosha quiz and you'll find it right there. And for the purposes of fasting, you're going to be using your first dosha. So most people are dual dosha. So it's like a hyphenated. I am vata pitta. So in my case, I'm just using vata. All right. So for the more ectomorphic body type, this is somebody who is on the slimmer end. When they're out of balance, they tend to lose weight, specifically muscle mass. They tend to skew towards anxiety and nervousness rather than, let's say, depression or anger. This is somebody who has is hypoglycemic, so tends to have low blood sugar, and then they also tend to lose weight easily, right? So for them, I'd recommend starting out with a 12-hour fast. So that would be 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., and then maybe working up to a 13 or 14-hour fast. The reason for this is because this body type tends to be a little bit more catabolic, where their body breaks down quite easily. So they can get into that stage of autophagy a little bit easier than other body types. Additionally, if just like exercise, fasting is a stressor on the body. So when you overdo it, you, it, you actually <clears throat> may move into a survival-based state. You're, it might actually spike your cortisol. And then that's not even including whatever else is going on in their life. So 12 to 14 hours, maybe starting with 12. And then, you know, if let's say you consistently start your fast earlier and you have a good morning routine and all of that, then maybe uh, 14 would be a, a good place to move. I personally do about 13 to 14 hours per day. And that works really well for me. Another thing to keep in mind is that the first stage of autophagy is at the 12 hour mark. The second stage is at 18 hours. We're going to talk about that with the next fast, but keep in mind that we're not getting a whole lot of benefit for going the extra mile, let's say going to 16 or 17 hours. So really 12 to 14 is really kind of where most people should be at. But yeah, so so anyways, we'll go into the other bucket of people, which is more of the pitta and kapha body types. So pitta body type, more athletic build, can gain weight or lose weight depending on their desire, more of that V taper, athletic builds, etc. Kapha body type tends to be someone who gains weight a little bit more easily. In terms of personality, tends to be on the sluggish, more depressive end, tends to be very mild-mannered, really calm, etc. And I just want to reiterate that every body type has its advantages. There are literally no bad body types. So I just want to make that abundantly clear. So for the Pitta and Kapha body types, they may benefit more from a 14 or a 16 hour fast. So I would start with probably once again that 12, 13 hour window. So start with a 12 to 13 hour, build up to 14 hours. And then if you want to stretch it and if you're disciplined with the timing, meaning if you consistently eat dinner at, let's say, six o'clock at night, well, yeah, you could probably fast until 10 a.m. because your day is maybe just ramping up or maybe you have a mellow morning, you're just responding to some emails or you're doing your work, you're maybe a fasted workout that you want to get in in the morning. So you could absolutely do that. Is there a time and place where you can go, let's say, all the way to noon? And the answer is yes, that is certainly possible. But you want to be mindful of, for example, your caffeine consumption, your stress levels in the morning, and yeah, and just what your life design generally looks like. If your mornings are very demanding, I would really advise against fasting for the entire morning. It's just not going to be a good idea. So next up, I want to just discuss, those are the two types of buckets. Basically, most people are going to be in that 
12 to 15, 14, 15 hours. And then there, for those of you that are more experienced in fasting and want to take it to that next level, um, but you certainly don't have to, you can do up to that 16 hours, right? But ideally ending the fast or breaking the fast a little bit earlier than noon. So I want to go into what is wrong with just following the standard 16-8. And so when I say a 16-8, typically we're talking about an eating window of between noon, 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. and then fasting for the remaining 16 hours. The reason that this is problematic is because for many people, they do have very demanding mornings and they're also typically having coffee on an empty stomach. And th- what this does is elevate cortisol over time, promotes a sense of a lack of safety, and specifically with females, because keep in mind, most of the studies done on intermittent fasting, low-carb diets, and keto diets are exclusively done on males. And the reason for that is, well, most uh, most scientific studies are done on males because they're just easy to recruit. They don't have to think about the stage in their cycle that they're in, if they're premenopausal or postmenopausal, any of that. So as a result, there isn't a lot of data on how these impact females. I see this all the time in my practice where somebody will come in and they've been doing some sort of low-carb lifestyle with intermittent fasting for a while and they have the best of intentions to do something positive for their body. And what ends up happening is that their body is in a chronic survival-based state and as a result, their thyroid hormones typically tumble so they're kind of exhibiting some symptoms of hypothyroidism, kind of like chronic fatigue, thinning on the outside of the eyebrow, usually some degree of hair loss, and just feeling depleted overall. And uh, and then eventually there'll be hormone issues as well, specifically lower progesterone in the second half of the cycle for those that are for those women that still have a cycle. So that's the reason I don't recommend just following the 16-8, but the more important reason is that when we do anything in natural health, we want to bio-individualize it. We want to personalize it because the way that you fast doesn't need to look the way that other people fast. And what's most important is not the external aspect. So it's not, it doesn't really matter how long you're fasting or how long your eating window is. What matters is what's going on inside of your body. I'm going to repeat that. So what matters is not so much the number or the eating window or any of that. What matters is what's going on inside of your body. So for different body types, they can get into autophagy much easier than other body types. Conversely, when they stay in autophagy too long, it could actually be very harmful to them. So that's one thing to keep in mind. All right, so let's go into the next fast, which is what I like to call the one-day reset. This is a fast that you can do, I would say, every couple of weeks. You can do it every week if you want to. Really depends on your lifestyle and how often you deviate from your typical protocol. I like to use this one when I come back from vacation and I can't exactly do a functional medicine detox right away because I'm just getting back into my week and that would just be like another thing that I would have to manage. You could also do it, I would say, after traveling, just when you've been overindulging for any particular period of time. Let's say you went out over the weekend and had a couple flex meals, etc. What this fast does is it basically engages in the second phase of autophagy. I said the first phase of autophagy is going to be at the 12-hour mark. The second phase is going to be at the 18-hour mark. Once again, I'm not a huge proponent of the 16-hour fast because it is stressful on the body, but it doesn't reap much more benefit than doing a 12- or a 14-hour fast, which a lot of people aren't aware of. 
So what you're going to do is the following. So you're going to have dinner. Let's say I do it from Sunday to Monday. So Sunday night, you have dinner at, let's say, 6 p.m. And then you're going to be fasting all the way until 6 p.m. on Monday. Are you just going to have nothing? No. What you're going to be having, you have two options. So firstly, you could do use something called the daily nutritional support. I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. It is a multivitamin, multimineral, vegan protein. And what you're going to do is have one scoop every three and a half hours until 6 p.m. So that's going to end up being about three to four scoops, depending on you know when exactly you wake up. And you're just going to have that ideally with water. And you're going to be drinking a lot of water and fluid throughout this time. So you can have herbal tea, ginger tea. You could technically do more of these like kind of cayenne pepper, lemon, honey type detoxification beverages, but you don't need to at all. Just three to four scoops of that daily nutritional support over the course of the day. And then you're going to end or break your fast with a simple paleo meal, ideally around six o'clock. So I would say like some grilled fish, or grilled poultry, or just a totally plant-based meal with a lot of vegetables. So over 50% of your plate is going to be vegetables, no processed carbohydrates, so no rice, no bread, and then you're going to kind of basically have that early dinner and continue that fast up until the next day. So you're going to be having pretty much a light paleo-style dinner or plant-based meal, and then you're probably going to get in another four to five hours of fasting depending on when you go to bed. The other way to do this fast is using vegetable juices. So I didn't say green juices, I said vegetable juices. And the reason is because you don't want to spike your blood sugar too much. You want to use vegetable-based juices, may want to add some sea salt. So something like, you know, a spinach, cucumber, celery with a little bit of lemon, something like that would work just fine. You can make it at home. Or for those of you that are very busy, maybe living in urban areas, you could just, you know, purchase it from uh, a juice juice bar chain or something like that, and then have those in your fridge ready to go. So the same rules apply. You're going to have that light dinner, ideally kind of just simply like a protein and all vegetables the night before. You're going to be fasting for until bed, so three to four hours. And then the next day, every about three to three and a half hours, you're going to have one serving of that juice, so about 16 ounces. So I would prepare, if you're going to buy it from just a juice bar or a juice chain, then doing three bottles of vegetable juice would be ideal. So that's a a pretty simple way and you're going to get the benefits of that 18-hour fast without having to actually fast for an entire day and you're going to feel great. You're going to feel very light, rejuvenated. Sometimes in the later part of the afternoon, around three or four o'clock, that's kind of where you're uh, being tested a little bit with the fast but it quickly passes. It's a great way to remove any bloating or water retention or anything else that you feel when you just feel a little gross, a little off from being disconnected from your routine. This is a really powerful one. And even if you're not feeling any symptoms, this is a great practice to really hit that second stage of autophagy on a pretty regular basis. So I like to just fit it into my routine every week or two. And yeah, I do mine on Mondays. I'm actually uh, doing it right now. I don't know. It's a coincidence that I happen to be recording this podcast on a Monday and I'm actually doing uh, this fast. Okay. So the next one is going to be the quarterly fast. This is essentially going to be a two-day fast. And in Ayurveda, they mention that every season you should do a two to three-day fast. 
In my practice, I like to kind of amp things up a little bit further because not only do we want to get the benefits of the fast, we want to also detoxify, which most naturopathic traditions do have the concept of detoxification. So this is going to be a little bit trickier and I'm going to have a podcast, which I will link down below in the future, specifically around doing the seven-day functional medicine detox. I currently have a webinar, which you can find on YouTube called Detox 101. So if you search Detox 101, David Delgado, Mind Body Healing, you will find that webinar and it goes into a lot of details and how to personalize the detox for you. That being said, for the functional medicine detox, you're going to be doing two days of shake fast. So what that means is you're going to be doing one scoop of the daily nutritional support powder, which I mentioned earlier, with water or a, a little bit of almond milk or whatever nut-based milk. And you're, that's going to be the only thing you're going to be having for two days. So what this does is it provides your body with phase one and phase two liver detoxification nutrients. And in addition to that, you are hypercaloric, you are not having a lot of calories, but you are not malnourished. So you're getting actually all the vitamins and minerals you need while being in autophagy, which is really important. Um, This is where a lot of detoxes and fasts go wrong is that they don't actually support the liver in cleaning out toxins from the body. So when your body is without food for a longer period of time, it can actually start to break down what's called necrotic tissue at a much faster rate than normal. So the other benefit to keep in mind is that your hunger hormones, namely leptin and ghrelin, are also reset when you do these longer fasts. So in other words, leptin and ghrelin, I'll do another episode on this in the future, but they are what signal hunger in the brain. And a lot of times when people have cravings or just don't feel satiated, oftentimes there's an imbalance between leptin and ghrelin. When you do these longer fasts, on top of the um, elimination diet that you would do after, so there's a five-day elimination diet where you're basically removing a lot of processed carbohydrates, dairy, and, and sugar, desserts, all of that, it actually resets your kind of hunger hormones and your signaling so that you're a bit more balanced than you were before. So that's kind of a not often talked about benefit of doing these longer fasts or these longer detox protocols. So once again, these three main fasts that you should be doing are the daily, the, you know, you could say like weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, depending on the person, and then the quarterly or the seasonal. So the two-day fast plus the functional medicine detox. All of that um, kind of goes together. And once again, the webinar on how to do a functional medicine detox is in the show notes. And if you're interested in being guided through this experience, I run free community detoxes on a seasonal basis. So there is a Google form in the show notes below where you could sign up to that as well. So the last thing that I get often is, should you um, do longer fasts? So when I say longer fasts, typically people are asking me, or, or let's say like something like a five to seven day water fast, something along those lines. Generally speaking, I would say that unless you have medical supervision, I would not do a fast that is over three days. I just wouldn't. The reason for that is because our modern lifestyles are simply too demanding and too hectic to really support the type of, you know, the type of healing that you would really need, the type of nurturing that you would need in order to do this. Another reason is that breaking these fasts could be very 
dangers for someone who is untrained. The last reason is that our world is just quite toxic. A lot of people that I see online are doing water fasts for multiple days and they're doing this on their own, but there are way more xenoestrogens, you know, plastic byproducts and other toxins in our environment that when these toxins are released through the liver, you can get all sorts of Herxheimer reactions, headaches, brain fog, and it can really make things worse if you don't know what you're doing. So if you do want to engage in an annual five to seven day water fast or something along those lines, I highly recommend that you do it at a fasting center or at a detox center, at a panchakarma center if you're going the Ayurvedic route, because they're going to be able to, first of all, create the environment that forces you to slow down and really creates some strong guardrails so that you don't get yourself into any trouble. Secondly, they're going to be monitoring your vitals the entire time. And then lastly, they're going to teach you how to break the fast in a safe way. Most often, you're still going to be on premise when that is happening. So keep that in mind. I don't think that most people need to do more than a two-day fast on their own. I think you could be extremely healthy just by doing what we've implemented, what we've spoken about here, which is that daily, bi-weekly, and quarterly fast plus detox. So doing each of those things together, I feel addresses longevity, inflammation, and just overall well-being and vitality. So I don't think um, you really need to do much more. But for those of you that are interested in going that extra step, I would definitely find a reputable center. So that's pretty much it for today. Today was a pretty practical and hands-on episode to really take something that we're all familiar with, namely intermittent fasting and fasting in general, and help structure it into our lives in a very tangible way, in a way that we can really implement for ourselves and actually reap the benefits instead of it just being like another fad. Once again, if you're interested in joining my community detox, I would go ahead and leave either a comment below if you're watching this on YouTube or sign up on the Google Forms in the show notes so you'll get notified when when the next community detox is. You can also just sign up on my website to my newsletter and I don't have a newsletter. So basically I send updates like these when I'm opening up these community detox programs. And if you wanted to do the functional medicine detox on your own, there is one of the webinars online which guides you through what is essentially the first meeting. So when we do the community detoxes, we typically have three meetings, one of which is usually involving some sort of like practitioner to amplify the spiritual and emotional benefits of this detoxification and fasted state. But for those of you that want to get started right away, that resource is available for you. So once again, thanks again for listening to Healing with David. If you have any video ideas, you want to share your healing story on the podcast, or you have any questions for me, go ahead and drop them in the comments below. And go ahead and follow me on Instagram and TikTok under the handle Healing with David. I'm also here on YouTube under David Delgado, Mind Body Healing. May you each find health, meaning, and love. I'll see you in the next episode.